Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffrey Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Oh, so good. So much happier having my full latte. It's just the best. Wondering if my husband was going to turn off that timer. Maybe you guys couldn't hear it. So today is Thursday, February 10th. I don't know how it got to be February 10th. Um, something to do with the passage of time, I imagine. Uh, this morning, though, I was trying to think, just trying to remember if um, I was thinking, is it today the 8th or the 9th? Because I had some yoga classes I bought that expired on like the 8th. And I was thinking, oh, I think either way, I'm SOL. <laughs> it's too late. And, uh, but lo and behold, I'm like, two days too late. It's been too late for a while. I'm definitely getting punchy with book brain at this point, if you haven't figured that out. Um, revision is proceeding apace on gray magic. Maybe a pace is the wrong word. What does a pace even mean? A pace? At a pace? A pace? <laughs> I would just start thinking about Ted Lasso and how they start getting into that. Um, oh, I can't remember what they call it. It's not cognitive dissonance. It's, um, I had to look it up. Semantic satiation. I think that's so cool. So anyway, um, yesterday... I mean, it was really good work that I got done yesterday. So I did not come away feeling frustrated. However, um, on Monday, I got through 70 pages. On Tuesday, I got through 80 pages of revision. Yesterday, I got through 32 pages. So um, I am on page 182 of 327. But yeah, it didn't feel frustrating because... It was something that I I needed to fix, and I think it's going to make a big difference. It's funny because a lot of what I've been revising so far um, up until yesterday had been stuff that I'd written before Christmas, which just feels like forever ago to me. <laughs> and then now I'm revising the stuff I wrote, wrote in that week after Christmas. But I came back from Christmas, and I had lost my thread in the story. And it's one of the downsides of the, of my process is that, you know, I try not to go back and edit, you know, always pushing forward. So, so one thing people ask a whole lot is like, how do you keep yourself from endlessly? <sighs> I'm also out of words. I have to tell you this. My brain is no longer generating the words I need. Um, but how do you keep yourself from just cycling over and over again um, in the same bit? Because it will keep people from finishing books. It's it's actually one of the major problems, problems, one practices that keeps people from finishing books is they keep retooling what they've already written. And sometimes you just have to push forward. So my general policy is to push forward, is to uh, keep writing more. Um, and, and I still think it's a good idea. 
I had to sneeze there. At least I figured out the pause button so you don't have to hear me sneeze. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, it's, um, it's kind of perfectionism. If you keep going back and retooling what you've already written, you keep editing, second guessing yourself. It's, it's a lethal practice. It's, uh, that's why my initial word that I chose was problem because it usually is problematic. Um, however, there is that point at which you do have to go back and revise. And so were I to second guess myself, which I try not to do because that's part of trusting in my own process. Uh, I would say that I wish that when I resumed with the book after Christmas, after nearly a week off at Christmas, that at that point I should have gone back and revised from the beginning to get my place again. Who knows if it would have worked. But it's not necessarily a terrible thing. So what I discovered as I was revising was, and I think I actually hit it on Tuesday, that I hit a particular scene where there was a new development, something occurred, and I realized as I was going over that scene that nobody had asked the questions that they should have asked, that it, it was a big gap. And you know how you're reading a book sometimes and you're and you hit those things and you you wonder because you're like, how come nobody's asking this question? Why? This is like the thing that would be at the top of their minds. How come nobody has said anything? It was one of those things. It's like there's no way they would have not asked those questions immediately. So I wove in all of that stuff. And, um, and I don't know, slightly spoilery. It has to do with stuff that happened in Familiar Witch or Magic. In my novella that's in... Um, fire up the frost. I wanted to say under a winter sky, my brain, you guys, mush, uh, fire the frost. So I knew that because that's a novella that not everybody who's been reading this so far, the series so far might've read. I wanted to, there, there were pieces of information in that, that I needed to bring into this story. So I spent a fair amount of time, I think on Tuesday, weaving in those bits. And I can tell you where I'm at so far because people always seem to be interested. Um, I have overall in this revision, I've added nearly 2000 words and I have cut 1500 words. People always want to know how much I cut for some reason. Um, and I'll tell you why I ended up cutting that much. I'm at 89,000 words on this book now, which Unfortunately, may mean that I still have 20,000 words to go by a week from tomorrow, but we're not going to overthink it. <laughs> I may end up working through the weekend, uh, but there we are. So I ended up leaving all of this stuff in, asking, you know, having them ask these questions, setting up all the stakes. It really did need to happen there, uh, particularly because... And I was, I was a little bit surprised by this, that I hit it yesterday in the chapter that I am currently revising. Is this correct? Yes, this is correct. Uh, it's at nearly midpoint where they have a conversation about this. And it's funny because I thought I just left it out entirely. I didn't remember that I had 
written the scene where they discuss this issue. And it's too bad because it's a really cute scene um, between Nick and Gabriel, but it was absolutely the right thing to move it up to put uh, that issue before Act One Climax, right? Where all the stakes need to be set. This is a big stake. And and it just makes more sense for the story. So, uh, my nose is running. Hang on. There. I've got my handy Kleenex. I should put it over here. All right. So, um, it was funny hitting that scene and being like, okay, well, I did know to talk about it. <laughs> I didn't leave it out entirely. But it came way too late. But it was good. So, that was that was a big chunk. I ended up cutting like a 1500 word, 1500 words out of that. And I, I put it in my outtakes file. That's how I, partly how I keep track of what my net gain is on the project. So I should probably specify that um, when I say I have added 2000 words, that's a net. So that means I've actually written like, now yeah, look at this. We could do, let's just throw a little formula in here. So not only have I gone through these pages, oh, but I've written like 4,000 words, over 4,000 words this week. So, I mean, it's not, not shabby. So yeah, a net gain of 2,000. So, um, that fortunately gave me room to add in a scene that I had taken out, or not done. I had it's a choice that you make. It's do you show a scene, a particular event in real time, or do you have one of the characters summarize it for the others? And in my draft, I had had the scene take place off the page and Gabriel summarized it for Nick. And I thought yesterday, especially because I cut that chunk and I'd been thinking all along, I really need to have that scene happen in real time. And it's one of those things that, you know, I know I'm always second guessing other writers. And, and I think that's part of how we learn, how we decide things. But it's tempting to have some things happen off page and be summarized because it feels like you're picking up the pace. And maybe it does pick up the pace. Uh, I know that my books tend to have a slightly slower pace than many. So... So yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a choice and it is something that, uh, you know, like you don't have to hear the whole conversation and uh, books that are really quickly paced will, will do that. But my personal opinion is that most of the time when that, when I'm reading a book and something occurs off the page, most of the time it's something I... I would have wanted to see. I wanted to, to experience real time. So I will often default to that, especially if I'm, um, when I'm revising like this and I'm like, well, I think I had it occur off page because I think I realized that I'd kind of forgotten to put it in and I thought, oh, well, I don't really have time. But then I, I could, I hit this part where I could see that I was groping, that I was groping for the story. 
And, and maybe that was a sign that I should have gone back at that point. But there are even like a couple of paragraphs in there that were nothing paragraphs. And I wonder if I could read them to you just in case you guys are interested. Because I don't think that it would be spoilery. I haven't opened the document yet. But it was interesting to to come back to it and see that I was just like not <laughs> that I was groping for the storyline. It's probably the best way to put it. And it's funny because I made myself a note yesterday um, to talk about this where I said can spot groping. And I looked at that this morning and I think I've mentioned many times that I'm famous for leaving myself notes that make no sense. So can spot groping was actually not a helpful note from past Jeffy, but I, I did figure it out. So maybe it was helpful. <clears throat> uh, and some of this stuff in the outtakes, this is a great line. Like I just saw this one and I, I might have to put it back in. With a shiver, she acknowledged his double meaning, silvery calm and black as the dark side of the moon. That was her wizard. I really like that one. I'll have to find a place to put it. Usually there are multiple opportunities. So they also had this really great conversation that I'm going to have to find some place to put it. I, I could try and put it in earlier when they first discussed this issue. But the emotional tenor is all wrong, so I don't know. So let's see if I can find this bit. Oh, I didn't really keep it intact. Yeah, all right, never mind. After all that, I won't be able to read it to you. But it was just a couple of paragraphs of me, like going, okay, so what happened that evening? And what should have happened was this scene, was this thing. And instead I was like, oh, but then they were tired and they went to bed. <laughs> I mean, it was almost that bad. So anyway, yesterday was finagling all of that and getting it into place. And it's one thing about it is, is that I knew that this scene had to happen, that this conversation had to happen, that Gabriel summarized. And I'd even made a note saying, that he needs to get this piece of information from the conversation. But um, I, I moved it up. It also increases the emotional tenor of the story because I had a remark. I don't want to spend a lot of time looking up stuff while you guys are sitting there twiddling your thumbs. But... Um, Um, what's funny, you know, like, even though I cut, sometimes I don't keep all of the things in there. But anyway, Gabriel sort of makes this mental observation that uh, he's not letting Nick know just how emotional this event was for him. And it's like, or Jeffy, maybe this is the difference between showing and telling. Sometimes telling is useful for pacing in particular, that you can just summarize things and say, oh, this thing happened. But the showing is when you have 
the emotion on the page instead of Gabriel thinking, oh, wow, that was really emotional. Uh, instead, you have the emotion on the page. So, um, yeah, that was all a very long way of, of talking about what I'm doing, but hopefully that is useful for those of you who um, find that who are writing and so forth or thinking about those things. And I always appreciate hearing from the rest of you who don't write but are still interested in how the process works. So the upshot is that I have 145 pages to go and about 20,000 words to write, maybe 15 to 20,000. I'm not really sure. <sighs> Deep cleansing breaths. It's still doable. And, and I do have some wiggle room at the end there. Uh, you know, my, my copy editor proofreader wants it by a particular day, but she'll cut me slack if I don't make it. Although I need to get it to her by like midday my time on the 18th because she's in Hawaii, so she could start in the morning. And um, Dorinda Jones, Ms. Dorinda is going to spend the night on the 18th. And then I have a whole bunch of stuff on the 19th. Um, the Dorinda's coming up to be part of a panel. Uh, I believe I have a board meeting on the 19th, which I don't know what, I guess Dorinda will like have to twiddle her thumbs while I do that. And then um. I'm meeting out at Melinda Snodgrass's house where we're going to learn her, how she does her plot breaking, which I'm, as I mentioned, eager to learn. And then I fly out Sunday morning to go to Los Angeles for the Nebula Conference site visit walkthrough. So there we are then. Um, and clearly this is all that's on my mind right now. Yeah, it's always like this, you know, getting coming down to the wire on finishing a book. No matter how much time you have, it's just um, brain eating, consuming. So um, on that note, I guess I'll go devote what remaining brains I have to, to working through the rest of this. And um, yeah, think good thoughts for me. You all have a wonderful Thursday coming down on the short end of the week. Tomorrow is Friday. So, um, so yeah, you all take care and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.